we're ready, right? We're, we've already prayed. We're just going to jump in. So, you know, there's a whole lot of talk today, even in the church world, about goals, about dreams and vision and success. And it's good. You know, the Bible talks a lot about those things. But sometimes we just need to really focus in on what's really important. If we're not careful, our goals and our success can become what we're really about rather than what God wants in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, the NIV, Paul says, we make it our goal to please him. And I'm going to use the NIV tonight because in the King James or New King James, so often it says the word acceptable instead of to please him, it it uses the word acceptable. Now, here's the thing about acceptable. You know, acceptable means it's okay. It's acceptable. It's good enough. We don't say that about something that's really good. We say that about, you know, okay. And I think that the Lord has something more in mind than just what's good enough. Amen? More, I think the Lord wants more from us than just what's okay. And so tonight I'm going to use the NIV because it, it, makes, it makes it so much clearer to me when he's talking about what pleases the Lord. We make it our goal to please him. Our goal in life ought to be to please the Lord. That ought to be our goal in life. Hello, Christians, believers out there. Our goal in life ought to be to please the Lord every single day of our life. We ought to make it our goal to please him. Listen, in everything we do, if we really get a hold of this simple principle that the Apostle Paul spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote it down for us, right? We make it our goal to please him. We get a hold of this simple principle and it'll, it'll change the way that we live, the way we act, the way we talk, the way we think. It'll change our perspective on life. My goal, my goal in life is to please him. We live in a world where everybody lives to please themselves. And I think even a lot of Christians really just live to please themselves. We got to ask ourselves, do we really consider what God wants to do in our life or what God would have us do in our daily decisions, even in the little things? I think it's something that we need to consider all throughout our day. What would please the Lord in this situation? It ought to be the highest goal of our life, the goal that takes precedent over everything else in our life. What would please the Lord? Revelation 4.11 in the King James, it says that all things were created by him and for him, that all things were created for his pleasure. Now, if you were created for God's pleasure, let me tell you where you will find the most pleasure in life is when you're doing what you were created to do. To please the Lord. We call him Lord, and that means that he is our master. 
I think some people in our generation, they think that Lord just is a, another term for God. It just means God. But we need to remember that Lord means master, that he is our ruler. And if we call him Lord in sincerity of heart, then listen, it ought to be our goal to please him in everything that we do. As always, Jesus is the perfect example in John 8, 29. It says, Jesus says this, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. I believe that. I believe that about the Lord Jesus. What an amazing statement that he could make. I always do what pleases him. You know what? None of us can say that, but it ought to be our goal to be able to say that to be able to say, I always do what pleases him. We ought to follow our Lord and Savior and that be our desire that we want to always please him. To learn to live a life. We're always pleasing the Father. If we need a little added motivation, we're going to pick up a little context here. We're going to read the two verses that we're pulling that phrase from. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. We make it our goal to please him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Wow. We make it our goal to please him because there's coming a day that we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what we have done, whether good or bad. So, I want to say this very clearly tonight. That is not our main motivation. Just, you know, there's a reward that's coming. No, we want to please the Lord. I think that a Christian ought to want to please the Lord first and foremost because you love him. How did Jesus say to love him? With all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you love him with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, then you want to please him. But there is a reward that's coming. When we please the Lord, there's a reward that's coming. So we make it our goal in life. Many of the verses, as I said, that I'm sharing tonight about pleasing the Lord, in the King James it just says acceptable, that I don't think that that's what the Holy Spirit was going for when he inspired Paul to write this. I think it goes beyond what is just acceptable. But to please him in every way, not just to get by. You know, that, that's how you live a life without regret. I, I don't know about you, but I have regrets or things I wish I'd done differently. Not even just before I got saved. I got regrets about things I should have done this week or didn't, you know, didn't do or things I did do. Anybody else like me? But here's how you live a life without regret. That each and every day, you look back on that day and you can say, you know what? I made my decisions. I made my choices by what would please the Lord today. You know, what I'm sharing with you tonight, it is a whole nother uh, dimension away from, well, what are the rules? 
It doesn't even matter what the rule is. Do I have to give this? I'll tell you, those, those people that ask those qu- kinds of questions, they're not interested in pleasing God. They're interested in playing religion. Because here's how, here's how you know what's right before God when it comes to giving. What would please the Lord? That's it. Does God, does God require of me to get involved in the work of the ministry? What would please the Lord? I'll tell you, this changes everything. What would please the Lord? One of my favorite verses. Psalm 19, 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You see... This has everything to do with the heart. That's why this question is so powerful. What would please the Lord? Because it has to do with the heart, not just the rules. And here he even mentions not just my actions, the the words of my mouth, but he says the meditation of my heart, the things that we think about, the attitudes of our heart, that even from the heart we would please the Lord. A few years ago, it became really popular to ask, what would Jesus do? And you know what? That's a great question. But I can tell you this, that Jesus always pleased the Father. And so if we want to do what Jesus would do, well, ask yourself, what would please the Lord? Better yet, ask the Lord, (laughs) what would please the Lord? It transcends the idea of just keeping religious rules and following the letter of the law. You know, the Pharisees were great rule keepers, at least in the eyes of men, but they didn't please God. Now, this goes beyond that. In fact, the Lord Jesus himself, he talked about that in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, I say to you, well, what did he say? He said, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery. But then he says, but I say to you that he that looks upon a woman to lust for her has committed adultery in his heart. He says, you've heard it said, do not murder. But I say to you that he who hates his brother is in danger of the judgment. See, Jesus takes it up a whole nother level from just keeping the rules. It's what's in the heart. And here needs to be our attitude always. My goal in life is not just to keep some rules. My goal in life is to please the Lord. And all that goes so much further. But it has to be a desire that we have deep down in our heart that we want to please him. You know, if you desire to please God, well, then you gotta find out what pleases the Lord. I think a lot of people don't please the Lord because they don't really know what God would want them to do in a given situation. But Anybody ever heard the phrase, uh, happy wife, happy life, (laughs) right? And if you want to make your wife happy, you got to find out what pleases your wife. If you don't know, you better find out (laughs) or you're headed for some trouble, right? 
Uh, this it goes for the ladies too, right? I mean, you you gotta you you want to please your mate, you want to please your spouse, and you know that's something that you want to do when you love one another. And here here's where I'm going with this, though. You see, if we really love the Lord. It ought to be our goal to please the Lord, and we ought to want to know, Lord, what would please you in this situation? What do you want me to do? We need to find out how to please the Lord. It's Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. It says, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out. How are you going to please the Lord if you don't find out? We've been called to a new life. We've been called to find out what it is to live the way he wants us to, to find out what pleases the Lord. I honestly think that this really is one of the biggest problems with us pleasing the Lord is that a lot of times people don't know what God would have them do in a certain situation. But if our goal is to please him, then we're going to try to find out what would please him. It's insincere to say we want to please God and yet not try to find out what would please the Lord. So where do we start? I'm just going to give you a few, a few things tonight. This isn't something that you learn in a, one message on a Wednesday night. It's some, this message tonight is just to challenge you and get you started on a life that every day you would say, my goal in life is to please the Lord. What would please the Lord? Romans 12, we're going to read verses 1 and 2. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. I want you to notice pleasing. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And if we're going to please God, first and foremost, we have to give him our lives. There's a whole lot of cheap gospel that's been preached in our generation. But I'm telling you, if you're really going to know God, it's not going to be on some casual terms. No, he says, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And if we're really going to know the, the will of God and what pleases God, it can't just be a casual thing where we're halfway committed no, we got to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Verse 2, he says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, this is simple, but I want to say it. It pleases him when we do his will. It pleases him when we obey him and we do what he asks of us, right? I mean, every parent understands this principle. It, when your kids do what you tell them to do, that's pleasing, right? Especially if they do it with a good attitude. Yeah. I mean, when mama says, go clean up your room, and their teenager gets up and they go clean their room, 
Mama's pleased. When the teenager takes a sidetrack and goes and finds their video games instead, Mama's not so pleased, right? And I'm telling you, if we're sincere about wanting to please God in our life, then the first thing, the first thing we need to get tonight is that it pleases God when we do his will. When we obey him, it pleases him. Next, we need to see this in this verse. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what? We need to renew our minds so that we can learn to think like he thinks. I mean, if we want to please him, then we need to renew our minds with the word of God so that we understand a little bit about how the Lord thinks and what God would want to do in a certain situation. Now, after 40 years, we're, we're coming up on 40 years this year, aren't we? we got, she told me to tell you we got married when we were 10. That's not really true. She, she didn't really say that. I'm get myself in trouble. I'm not pleasing my wife, making my wife happy. But anyway, but after 40 years, the truth is, is that I pretty much know what will please her and what doesn't. But it didn't happen by accident. And I want to tell you that with the Lord, you can learn. We can get to the place where we, not not that we've got it all down perfect, but where we know what would please the Lord in a certain situation because we've renewed our mind with the word of God and that we learn and we grow and we keep on learning and growing how we can please the Lord. But the scripture is just full of principles that when we walk in them, it pleases the Lord. And we're going to begin tonight with just a few passages that tell us really plainly what pleases the Lord and what doesn't. Faith pleases Him. Hebrews 11, 5, and 6. And I just want to tell you, this is not a little thing with God. God is big on faith. He expects us to believe Him. He expects us to trust Him. In fact, you can't even begin to have a relationship with God without faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. Wow, such an amazing thing. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. There's no better testimony. Nothing better that could be put on your tombstone at the end of this life than he pleased God. She pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's just no way you can please God without faith. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, Enoch walked with God. And I want to tell you, to walk with God, this is not a pretend thing like, you know, um, I'm just living my life and uh, God, you can come along with me because you're so cool and hip. I want to tell you, if you're going to walk with God, 
you're going to walk his way. You're going to go his way. He ain't going your way. No, for us to walk with God means that we're going to live like he wants us to. We're going to please him. That was Enoch's testimony of faith was that he pleased God. See, he walked with God. And I want to encourage you tonight that to walk with God, you got to live a life of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we live by faith, not by sight. See, we live our lives trusting him, believing. What did he say there? Believing that he, not just that he exists. Oh, that's the level of some people's faith. Yeah, I believe there's a God. But believing that he what? Okay, put them back up, please. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. There it is. There it is. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And what else? He rewards those who diligently seek him. You got to believe. You got to live by faith. Now, there's a lot of believers that, you know, they got enough faith to die. When I die, I'm going to heaven because my faith is in Jesus. But they live out their life in the day-to-day just living in the natural, just doing things the way the world does, just, you know, by their own strength and efforts. I want you to know that God wants us to be a people of faith. It does not please God when we just do it our way, do it the world's way. No, he wants us to be a people of faith that live by faith every day. It's got to be a way of life. You know, If Jesus died on the cross for our sins, then, and we believe that. Listen, believing God for anything else ought to be easy. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? See, the one who gave his only son for us, what would he withhold for us? From us, We need to be a people of faith, trusting the Lord. When, we, when we're not believing, when we're not trusting God, it's displeasing to the Lord. Listen to this from Hebrews 10, 38. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. If we want to please the Lord, then we need to trust him. We need to take him at his word. We need to stand on the promises of God. We need to learn to live by faith. Next, simple obedience pleases the Lord. Now, I already talked about this a little bit, you know, and talked about how when your teenager obeys, how that that pleases you. But I just want to make it a little more head on for us When the Lord says, do not repay evil for evil, and then we, instead, we say something ugly back. It doesn't please the Lord. See, when we seek seek vengeance ourselves, it doesn't please the Lord. There's so many verses of Scripture that tell us simple little principles like that. And many of us, we know those principles. We need to really choose to obey. It's not a matter of, well, you know, 
God will love me. God will. Listen, God loves you when you disobey. But that doesn't mean that there's no consequence. My wife said, that's right. Thank you, sweetheart. Everybody else, you, you need to go home and read your Bible. If, if you don't hear, hear what I'm saying, if you don't receive what I'm saying right now. Just because God forgives you doesn't mean there's no consequence for disobedience. No, the Bible tells us that God is not mocked. A man will reap what he sows. Why does it say God is not mocked? You can't play games with God. Well, God will forgive. Listen, we need to get serious about this. It's not a matter of what can I get away with. It's a matter of pleasing the Lord. My goal is to please him. And so if he wants me to forgive, if he wants me to bless this person, my goal is to please him. 1 John 3, 21 and 22, the Bible says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Now, when you're going to pray and you're going to ask God something, I want you to consider, I want you to remember this verse. He says, we have confidence, listen, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. This is not a matter of works. This is a matter of the heart. That we obey God and we do what pleases him. And so we have great confidence before the Lord. It's not like we're, you know, I've been good, so, you know, God owes me something here. No, that's a works mentality. This is, I love my God and I'm going to do my best to obey him and please him. And I know that he's going to answer my prayers. Okay, 1 John 3, 21, 22, write it down, take it home. Listen, a father can't reward his child when he disobeys. He can't just give the child whatever they want when they're bad. You're teaching them bad behavior if you do that. And I'm telling you, God won't reward us when we're walking in disobedience. But he does. He is a rewarder. You've got to believe this. He is a rewarder, not of everybody, but of those who diligently seek him. Next, a holy life pleases the Lord. Hey, listen, I'm just telling you what the Bible says tonight, all right? I realize this is, this is getting pretty deep, you know, for in the, in the generation and the religious culture of the day. This is, this is pretty heavy, but I'm telling you, there's so much life in this. If we really get this and live this life to please the Lord... He says to us to be holy, for I am holy. How can he say that to us? Because he gives us his Holy Spirit to help us. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're going to read 1 through 8. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. This is, listen, I'm not the first to teach this. Evidently, the Apostle Paul taught it to the Thessalonians. He said, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. As in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. 
It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each one of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. I want to just go back to the very first verse. He said, we instructed you how to live to please God. And then he talks about this holy life that we're supposed to live. So many believers want to get as close to the world as they can. You know, without getting too much guilt. As long as I don't, you know, feel real bad or, you know, people don't think bad of me. I'm okay out here on the edge. You know, Jesus is gracious and kind and That doesn't please God. I mean, at best, that's lukewarm. And Jesus says to the lukewarm, he says, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. I'd rather you be either hot or cold. You know, where's the line? Where's the line on this? This could be on so many things. I mean, you could talk about the things that people watch, the things that people look at on the Internet. You could talk about uh, drinking. You could talk about, oh, my goodness, language. You could talk about a thousand different things. And here's the thing. It's not about where's the line, what's the rule here, because you don't even get close to the line or the edge of the rules if you're all about this. I want to live a life that pleases the Lord. My goal, my goal is not to, you know, man, I got to have a little fun out here on the edge, you know, because, man, I got to enjoy life. No, my goal is to please the Lord. I make it my goal to please him. What can I get away with? What a low standard. And I'm telling you, it doesn't please the Lord. Our old sinful nature can't please God. It's when we're led of the Holy Spirit that we truly please God. Romans 8, 8. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. See, when we're carnal, when we're just doing what we want, our old sinful nature, it can't please God. But it's when we let Jesus live in us through the person of the Holy Spirit, then we can please God. All right, that was fun. Here we go. Praise pleases him. That's right. Hebrews 13, 15, and 16, through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Two sacrifices there, the sacrifice of praise and also of sharing with others, but It says that God is pleased. You know, it amazes me how determined some people are to not praise the Lord. 
And let me just say this really clearly. Praise is not for us. It's kind of become a thing in our generation, you know. It's all about what we like in praise. And it's all about us being stirred and moved and, and whether or not we get blessed. But it's not really about any of those things. It's really about Him. It's about giving Him the glory, the praise that's due Him. And it pleases Him. Now, yes, we get blessed. Yes, when we're in the presence of the Lord, oh, there's so many times that you know, miracles happen and great things happen in our heart and in our life in the presence of God. But I'm, I'm just saying to you, though, that this is something that pleases him. And it's not about the music or whether or not we like the songs. It's about him. And it pleases God when we give that sacrifice of praise. The other sacrifice it mentioned here was sharing with others and that's our next point, is giving sacrificially pleases God. Philippians 4, 18 and 19 says, I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many of you heard that verse? Did you, did you think about this? It starts with and. What's he talking about before? He's talking about their giving that pleased God. You see, sometimes we just want to claim the promise without even bothering to see what the condition of that promise was. But when we give to please God, he's going to always take care of our need. He'll supply your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. What a great promise spoken to those whose giving pleases the Lord. Great benefits when you live a life to please the Lord. Just read one of them. He supplies all our needs. We read another one a few moments ago in 1 John 3, 21 and 22. He says, in verse 22, he says, We receive anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. There's a great benefit of living a life to please the Lord. You know you can go to God with confidence. You know that God hears your prayers. You know that when you obey his commands and do what pleases him, he says, Receive anything we ask. Proverbs 16 and 7 says, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. That's a great promise. You got any enemies? Did you know God can make them live at peace with you? Yes, he can. David had so many enemies. But there came a time when his enemies lived at peace with him. His son Solomon enjoyed that same peace. And I'm just telling you that in our life, this is a principle, a promise that we can believe for. 
when a man's ways please the Lord. He makes even his enemies live at peace with him. One last example of this I just have to share with you. Isaac, Abraham's son, that blessed son. He had so much going for him, such a great spiritual heritage. I mean, started off life with a silver spoon in his mouth, so to speak. But there were times in Isaac's life when he had conflict all around. There was a time when every time he would dig a well, people would say, oh, that's our well. And it happened over and over and over again. But Isaac just kept being the peacemaker. He would move on and he would move on. But the Lord blessed him a hundredfold. And the Lord made him very rich. And the Lord gave him peace finally. It didn't happen overnight. But there came a day when he had peace with those people and they didn't bother him anymore. I'm just telling you, the promises of God are true. We're going to close with a passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 24 through 26. A man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. It's miserable when people hate their work, isn't it? He says, this too I see is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? What a great truth that we all know. Without the Lord, there's not really any joy, any peace, enjoyment in anything for long. Without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the man who pleases him, oh, that's us, church. That's us when we say, my goal in life is to please him. To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. I'll take that. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, the chasing after the wind. Wow. Wow is right, brother. I'm just telling you that when we please the Lord, we're just putting ourselves in a place where God would bless us immensely. And listen, that's not why you do it. It has to be something from the heart that we, in all sincerity, we want our life each and every day to please the Lord. And I'm just going to close with this last little thing. Listen, it's not just what you do on a Wednesday night. I believe that we, need, we ought to make a commitment. We ought to make a decision tonight that this is how we want to live our life, to please the Lord. But I want you to understand this. It's the decision that you make tonight when you're driving home in the way that you drive your car. It's the decision that you make in how you speak to your wife and how you treat your kids. It's the decision that you make when you get up in the morning and whether or not you have time for the Lord to begin your day. I want to make it my goal. My goal in life is to please the Lord. 
It's the decision that you make and how you treat people throughout your day and whether you're willing to share the Lord with somebody. You see, it's all those daily decisions throughout the day that we say, you know what? My goal is to please the Lord. That's a life without regret. That is a life that's filled with the richness and the blessings of God. And you enjoy all that the Lord has for you. Stand with me. We're going to pray.